Welcome, everybody. We've won. Welcome to the pub. Welcome to the pub. What do we do with that? I don't even know. I can't even remember how to celebrate. Forgot. <laughs> I think it, start, it starts with it starts with beer, Mike. It ends with beer. Okay. And it carries on with beer, I think. Well, I've got, I've I got think... a candy cane. That's about the best I've got with me. I, I didn't get myself a drink beforehand, but um, oh. here we are anyway. That's Gav in the background there. So uh, welcome, Gav. You doing all right? Yeah, good, mate. Very, 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 very good, mate. Very good. You? Yeah, had a great Christmas. And there's the uh, cherry on the top, right? Definitely, mate. Definitely. Oh. Happy Boxing Boys were just brilliant, mate. It, we've been wanting to see that sort of performance all season, and we got it. We got the performance, and we got it against Chelsea on Boxing Day. Bloody, bloody lovely, mate. Beautiful. Lovely. Love it. Paul's up there as well. Paul, what are you thinking, man? Uh, I experienced this weird sensation probably about the 43rd minute of the first half, and I could feel like the corners of my face were doing this weird, like my mouth wanted to go wider and show my teeth, and I was like, <laughs> I got hurting? is there something wrong with me? Like, do I need to see a doctor? And then I realized, oh, that's a smile, you know? Fuck, I haven't smiled in a game for a very, very long time. Yeah. That was good. Beautiful, beautiful. We've got uh, Olaf on here, I think, for the first time. Olaf, you doing all right? Stupid question. Yeah, yeah second good. Time. It's, my, it's my second time in the pub, so I'm, uh, I'm immensely happy. Last time it went against Tottenham, and now it's against Chelsea, so at a win, so I'll, I'll go with that. So uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I kind of tweeted earlier on that, uh, that I, um, I was having uh, some Tanqueray with, uh, with lunch. And then I and then, then I tweeted later on uh, about uh, whatever about six, six o'clock your time. I said mm, I have maybe it's the Tanqueray talking, but I think we might do a win. And so I'm going with uh, I'm blaming it all on the Tanqueray. And you're gonna uh, have to drink plenty <laughs> of time, now, bro. <laughs> That's how the starts. Where are yeah. we? Now? Three points and win. And before taking on Sam freaking Allardyce a bit later. And him Sorry, we're in the pub. We're celebrating we're celebrating a fucking much needed victory okay, against sure, sure. Russia's There we go, Mike. I'm happy. There we go. <laughs> Olaf, Olaf, tell everybody where, where, where you are right now. Where, which country are you in? Uh, I'm in the uh, the I'm on the right at the bottom half of the of, of the African continent. So I'm in Africa and in Cape Town, which wow. is Holiday season, and I know you guys are, are cold and snowing and rain, but it's 30 degrees here today. So, uh, yeah, it's going well. <laughs> okay. All right. Beautiful. Well, right. We're going to go to uh, to Paul. Paul, tell us, first of all, how uh, you were feeling pre-game. I know this is all very joyous now, but let's start at the very beginning. Um, what were your thoughts pre-game? Did you envisage that this was even a possibility? I did, actually. Um to be quite honest, Mike, I've been going into all of these games. I'm part of a like a super brew. It's called. It's like um, it's like a a closed um, fantasy, not a fantasy league. It's like a predictions league, right? So I'm part of this group of of South Africans. There's maybe 15 of us, and um, and we've been trying to predict all the outcomes of all the games in the Premier League. And there's like Liverpool supporters and Chelsea supporters and a few Arsenal supporters, and um. And basically, I was doing really well. I've been like four or five points off the top. But 
every team, every game, every match day, I've been putting Spurs down to lose and Arsenal down to win, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like, you know, so of, of course that means that I'm playing like eight games and everyone else is playing 10. So to be five down, <laughs> team, meaning that I've given away like however many, 14 times three points, knowing, you know, the chances of winning haven't been great. But every time I've done it, like, I've, I've kind of hoped that it might happen. But today I was like, it's Chelsea. We got them in the FA Cup. It's Frank Lampard. It's, I, you, I think we can do it, you know? I just had this feeling. And um, so I was just very happy to see the selection. But, um, yeah, let, it, let other people, you know, um, give their two cents. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some of these comments on screen because we've got a lot of people yeah. writing yeah. with us. Gav, Gav, tell us, where were you uh, pre-game? Be honest now. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed to see Xhaka and El Nene as the middle two. Uh, but with what was happened with the three Brazilian boys who have obviously all been barbecuing together somewhere, uh, uh, all being out, I, I was happy. I'm thinking that's a young, youthful look. We've got Smith Rowe playing where Smith Rowe should be playing. Xhaka, uh, I do like Xhaka down on the left, but I mean... He done a good job on the right. Martinelli done a good job. Blackazette done a good job. I mean, I will, you know, to be honest with you, the starting lineup, I thought that was a, a team that's designed to attack Chelsea. It wasn't a team that was going to sit back and try and hit them on the break. That was a team that was going to come out and take the take the game to Chelsea, try and create chances. And I was quite positive, to be fair. If I'm if I'm honest, my only negative was, you know, the the, the El Nenny midfield duo which isn't my favourite yeah uh, but like I say I mean what can you say I've been, I've been crying out for the last couple of weeks play the kids play more kids and he played more kids so you know I, I couldn't moan about it could I do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. absolutely well what about uh, you Olaf what were you pre-game to, uh, to how you are now drunk <laughs> I wish uh, I was uh, I was quietly optimistic pre-game um, and I think that uh, the, the use between the Smith Rose and the Sackers and the Martinelli's, it was going to bring an energy to, the, to our, our forward line. And, and if everything was going to work out okay with the energy of an El Nenny and, and Jacker holding back a little, it may have worked uh, out, was my particular view. And it, it did in the end. And I think that the Martinelli, uh, his energy level, um, Smith Rowe doing his thing in, in midfield and, and Saka just doing what he does and he does it really well and that goal of his was just immense. Um, I thought that, uh, that we'd had a good chance and then if Giroud wasn't playing, I thought that that actually afforded us some long balls coming in from Chelsea would then not with a Giroud have, have been as dangerous. I was quietly optimistic and it turned out to be that way in the end. So hindsight is a wonderful thing and, and, and so was the tank rate. So what can I say? Chuck that out you, Mike. I mean, the defence sort of almost picked itself. I don't think there was a lot of choices really by, by the sounds of things. Yeah. Uh, but like I say, we're, and then obviously the, the, the pivot or whatever you want to call it between Xhaka and El Nene. Talk, talk us through the attacking lineup, mate. How how was you before game? Was you optimistic before game? Did, did you well, see it? legs in it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was all over the place really because I was so thrilled that Smith Rowe was uh, chosen, but confused as to why you'd 
put that poor lad in against Chelsea after the bad run of form as his first first try in the Premier League. That seemed a bit harsh um, on him, but um, it worked out well. And of course, Saka's going to play. We know that. And Martinelli, um, I assumed, was going to play. So that wasn't as much of a surprise. But just the vibrancy that Olaf was talking about up front, the energy Paul was talking about, um, I thought that was pivotal. <laughs> I wasn't happy with the central midfield. Uh, I've been trying to get Maitland-Niles in there, um, uh, you know, or thinking about Maitland-Niles in there for a long time. So I, I, I was worried about their pace and of uh, Xhaka and Elneny having to back tackle Pulisic, who was going to run away from them, which he didn't do quite as much. Um, so I was a little concerned the back line did pick itself. I, I'd have thought Mustafi was actually going to be more likely to, to play than Pablo Mari. That was another surprise because uh, Mustafi's been the chosen one uh, first off the bench in, in the centre-back position. Um, I was going to go, let me go straight back to you, Gav, with another broad question, then we'll get into specifics. What was the catalyst for that victory for you, or was it, was it just a, a, a mixture of combination of things? I, I honestly think it's starting the kids. Yeah. I do, I do just honestly think that there's a vibrancy, there's an energy, there's a pace, there's a hunger. Uh, and I mean, like you said, look, maybe would it would it be unfair putting Smith Rowe in against Chelsea, who will finish in the top three this year? I mean, yeah, let's not talk about top four or anything. Chelsea will probably be probably finish this season second or third. But they're fearless, mate. At that age, they're fearless and they're hungry and they want to do well. And that's what we haven't been we've not been getting that from the other players. Yeah. So I mean, just by the fact that I mean, you've got. Sacco, Sacco and Smith Rowe, who have been playing with, you know, playing in the same scenes for God knows how long. Martinelli's coming back very, very strong. It, I just think it was particularly that they had a point to prove, and you know they want to keep. You know, yeah, let's not get this wrong. These younger players, they want to kick the old lot out. They want to take their positions. They want to, you know, they want the first team. You know, they they want the first team jersey every week. So, why not play them? Why not play them when everybody else has been letting us down so bloody badly? Look, it's it's just brilliant. I mean, I mean, I think a few players are going to start fearing that they're they're not going to get game time now. I honestly honestly do. Rightfully, I mean, I think the thing, Mike, that's that's you know, obviously, playing you know, picking the the youngsters with the athleticism and stuff that you've always called for, and that they bring. To the to the team, more than anything, they elevated the games of the older players that were on there with them. It's like that energy was contagious. Shaka was, you know, like more positive. He was, you know, um, you know. I just felt like that 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 Lacazette. I mean, there were there were options. There were people presenting themselves. There was nobody hiding. There was nobody like positioning themselves kind of behind, you know, players to kind of hide and play in sight. And it was funny because when we made the substitutions later on. You know, the, the people that hadn't been part of that energy for 80 minutes, Willock and Pepe, came on and they looked like they were playing a different game. I mean, they were on a different gear. Um, you, know, you could see it, like Tierney, it was, it was all hyped up. And Pepe is like, I'm not going to press, I'm not going to present, I'm, I'm just going to be kind of here yeah, occupying the space. And Tierney is like, had a whole game where there's somebody going, I'm making a run, I'm cutting in, I'm making, yeah. you know what I mean? And he was just like, you know. It was actually quite a, quite a contrast, you know, and I yeah. think that starting, you know, starting the youth has that added benefit of just injecting 
some belief and determination, you know, just a little bit of testosterone, you know, young, full of testosterone. Yeah, I think it adds that accountability as well. It tells the older players, you know, you've got to step it up. Nothing, nothing does that more. There's no speech does that more. Uh, no words. It's uh, it's those actions of trusting them. Olaf, what do you think the catalyst was? I think the I I I, I think the one thing that's critical. I don't don't forget that this was pretty much last chance saloon, in a way kind yeah. of a, a sort of Damocles that has been hanging over us for, for quite a while. And and we, having kind of had these kind of discussions or me listening in to you guys having these discussions, it, it don't forget that this game against a team like Chelsea and it was a London derby, don't forget that that is already an immense amount of pressure, forgetting how badly we've been playing or the results and, and how they have been. So this was for me a kind of a last chance saloon in 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 many ways, for industry players, or even for to a degree for Mikel and his own belief in what he was doing. So I think that uh, the, the the youth that was put out um, automatically would uh, gravitate to an urgency of having to prove themselves even further than what they normally do. I think that that in itself, if you saw in the first 10, 15 minutes. Just the energy level that and, and the urgency that was applied. If you looked at the pressing that was was being applied, if you looked at the balls going out wide and the and the wing backs crossing over and the sackers and the and the Smith Rose, for example, um, applying themselves as hard as they did, I think that that alone was 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 pretty critical. And and and, and I think that the other last part for me, this win. The confidence level of us going to the likes of a Brighton next and then uh, playing old uh, Allardyce and his boys, um, I think that that is going to be is, is absolutely critical. Had we got just a draw today, I think it would have been fine, um, although not ideal. But that would have then given a bit of momentum going into those two games. But had we lost today, and worse, had we been smacked. Um, which was quite likely, by the way, and everybody on Twitter, if you were reading it, you know, everyone was going, mm, you know, if we're going to get smacked today, it's going to be, mm, it's going to be a thing. I think that uh, having not gone through that and come out with the win, um, with the team that was out, um, I think um, says a lot about where we're going to go in the next, let's call it, two weeks, three weeks, for example. But I do believe that everybody knew that everybody's ass was absolutely on the line. Make no mistake about it. Um, and ultimately, it would have ended with the Adus and the and the and the um, the Mikel Arteta's, as an example. I think the urgency of that sort of damages that I spoke about when I started now, I think is was was particularly real. Um, and even look at us, the four of us, and then everybody listening in. And, and thanks for joining us, by the way. Um, it, there's a sense of relief that there is <laughs> the arsenal and, and the way that we play again. Yeah, so I've got a question for Gav here. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Arteta because he looks like he's um, got one up on Lampard yet again. But um, has this um, injection of youth today been an act of intentionality or because of sickness to others? You think that we'd have seen William and Louise and such... Uh, what yeah. do you think? Well, I'm like I say, I'm, I'm not sure whether it was you that I was speaking with or whether it was uh, Chris or, or even Paul. I, I can't remember who it was, but we mentioned it on, on the one of these pub, pub podcasts. 
a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, I know. I'm too excited Cheers. to speak. Yeah, everybody thumbs up. Everybody thumbs up. But uh, I, I, think, I, think it's a, I think it's a case of when we all knew that he's just going to almost fall into a formation and he's going to almost fall into a midfield partnership. And he's, you know, he's tried Lacazette playing off deep. He's tried Willock playing off deep. And it was almost like it was Smith Rowe's turn. He's, he's tried everybody else. So you've got to give him credit for trying, for keep trying something different until he finds I'll what works. I'll give him credit when he does it two weeks in a row, Gav. Huh? I'll give him credit when he does it two weeks in a row. Well, yeah, no, mm-hmm. definitely. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, look, everybody knows that that sort of eight to ten position is where where we're missing. And, you know, he's tried Lacazette playing deep there. and he's So, yeah, he's, Smith Rowe played well in the Europa, so he gave him his chance. And anybody who's given the young players a chance gets my vote, mate. But it's more design. Well, it, like I say, uh, would he have done that if Willian was fit? Probably not. That's almost a sad thing, but it gives him food for thought for the rest of the season now. Yeah, whether he does it in the next game or not, there's that big glowing light that will remind him that we had this horrible windless run and it coincided with accidental or intentional. The youngsters played and made a big contribution, starting, like Olaf says, with the press. I mean, Martinelli might be the best in the Premier League at pressing because he's insanely quick, isn't he? Um, yes. and wins, wins the ball off. And, but either way, it's worked. So Mikel Arteta has been given this uh, uh, late Christmas present, hasn't he? Whether it was intentional or not, we'll, we'll give him some credit and say that he did it deliberately. Um, but it's such a beautiful thing. And, and so I feel like this has to be uh, a turning point. It has to be for him oh. anyway, because he's the most important piece in this whole thing. Um, Paul, was there anything that you saw apart from the generics, anything tactically or beyond just a decision to play a particular player that was different from what we've been seeing? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I saw a kind of a pressing, a full team press, not only up front where it's obvious you know, yeah. when you press, but I saw in the midfield, I saw where we started hunt, hunting and packed again. And, that, and Elneny was a huge part of that because, yeah. I mean, you know, the players that lost the ball immediately tried to get it back. There was somebody advancing to try and get it back. And then there was a midfield player who came in and kind of swooped in for like a loose ball that squirted out. And often they found themselves running up against like a brick wall of two Arsenal players who just said, you're not going past me, you know, and then the ball bounced back and there was a third person to collect it. So I liked that energy. It was a very kind of, um, you know, I'd seen us do it before, but for some reason we hadn't been doing it. I don't know if it's just because of lazy old, fuckers that we've had in midfield you know it was just nice to have the energy and, and the commitment and that determination and it worked because we got under their skin um you know they were they were, they, they got panicky in there in the in the times the times that they had um to take shots and everything they rushed them they, they weren't given any time we normally give teams so much time you know yeah. to pick the pass to take the shot to do whatever today there was no time it was just yeah. like we were on like youngster time and that was like it's got to happen now you know, oh, and it was a very good point um, at the, with the pressing. There were times when there were always almost two players. So one would go in, but there would be a backup player, as you were saying, that would come in behind. There were a couple of times where, especially in the second half, where there were one person was going to do the tackle. 
There was another one coming in as a support. This is now Arsenal. And there was even a third player. So at one point, there was like three people surrounding one Chelsea player and scrambled the ball away and got it and he went down the wing and, and, and off you go. Um, and I think that that made a fundamental difference because we felt by doing that, I think that there was a lot more control in the game being towards us as opposed to the ball just landing at the foot of a player from us and then wondering where the hell he's supposed to go with it. Um, I think that that control of the double yeah. press and the triple press at times was, was I think, a, a large part of it. And you could see that they were up for it and had each other's back, which was amazing. See, yeah, I think well, that was cool. Sorry, Gavin, the comment here, um, Arnie is saying it was only the players turning up. It wasn't tactical. For me, it seemed like from the outset that we were, that Arteta had said to this team, whether it was because they were youngsters or they were turning up, he said to this team, be on the front foot, up and at them, don't let them rest, don't give them time, don't give them space. That's what it looked like to me. I think it was tactical. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm going with the, the, the comment that you just read out, and that's what I was going to ask Mike. Uh, I think this is how Arteta's wanted them to play all year. I just think that he's at the right personnel on, on the pitch. And before I throw it over to you, what I did like, especially during the first half, is when we're pressing from the front, too many times we've had two going or one going and it just wasn't an, an adequate press. And tonight we saw everybody going. There was three or four of them pressing from the front and it, and that sets the tone right, doesn't it, for the rest of the team? Yeah, it sure does. And I love what you said there. I love what Olaf uh, described with the pressure, cover and balance. It was just spot on. Um, I agree. I think also maybe the other piece that's been so sadly missing this season has been midfield. Well, what you talked about on the defensive side, a lot of it came from midfield. A key to playing Chelsea with Pulisic on the field, we all know, is you can't let that guy get the ball and turn and run yeah. it. And so the few occasions he did, he had, like Olaf said, he had that wall of players, and so he would stop, pause and pass it. That's what we needed to do. Because you can't stop and get the ball all night. But I don't remember Pulisic by one time running at pace, Access like he did the first, was it half an hour in the cup final, which was pretty scary before he pulled his hamstring. Uh, I also mm -hmm. thought that there was a, two other changes on the ball in midfield. Um, for me, the biggest frustration technically this season has been players not turning, not opening their hips, turning and playing forward, or at least looking forward to see what the options are. That changed. That was obvious. Uh, we had yeah. more opportunities, counter-attacks, and just possession, especially in the first half because of that. And the other one, if Granite Xhaka played quicker, um, yeah. he, he received the ball and he got pressed quickly. No surprise. We all know many teams press Granite Xhaka, but he wouldn't dilly-dally on he'd, he'd receive it, pass it, receive it, pass it. I've not seen that from him this season. And, and his out ball, he'd obviously been scanning his out ball was accurate. And it got us, um, it, it became a disadvantage. Chelsea, because the disadvantage of the press is if they get through your two or three, like Olaf's been saying, there's holes. There has to be, numerically, right? So, mm. that helps in that way. Uh, I've got a question. I'm going to go back to Olaf on this one. So, beyond the tactics, let's refine it down to players. What are some players, Olaf, that you thought stepped up um, their game here tonight? Okay, so first of all, we've got, we had all of the younger players coming in. We've spoken about those already. But I thought that uh, Lacazette had, had, had a pretty, pretty yeah. solid 
game. He did a lot of linking up as well between um, the Sackers on, on, on the left and or whether he was on the right, as an example. And I think that that was immensely beneficial. Um, and, I, and, as, and I think your point about Xhaka playing faster, I think that that was quite, uh, quite a key and pivotal comment. I'm going to counter you. I'm going to um, answer your question by saying, look what happened when Pepe came on at the end. I think Pepe only touched the ball, if I remember, if I, I, mean, I, I, I tried to count it. There was one period, he almost 10 minutes on the pitch running around, and he hadn't touched the ball at all. And even when he did, um, I, it, 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 there was a disappointment again, because here he is, a, a highly rated player. He can dribble, he can do all of those things. But, but but he didn't add anything or take us or continue to be at the level of, of the players that had been substituted, which was Martinelli, I think, in his case. I think that that's where that sub was. And that, for me, is majorly concerning because that's going to be a, an issue, and I'm just going to throw it out there, in the next couple of games. Because if a William has come back again, you know, does the tempo then reduce again? Does the pressing because I can't, I, I can't remember ever seeing a William press as an example, or be part of a pack of people that press or try and attack, or sorry, or or, or um, tackle someone as an example. But to answer your question directly, Mike, I think Shaka stepped up. I think Holding was 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 reasonably solid. Mari wasn't too bad either. I think uh, Tierney drove a lot of energy down the left hand side and combined particularly well with. With Saka, who doesn't even need to get the accolades because he's just absolutely great, um, and and I think that uh, I think that that's kind of that with the youth that was brought in, and I think the urgency ultimately um, uh, is what drove them all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Paul, what do you think? Um, you know, going to Olaf's comments, um, I kind of touched on it a bit earlier. I felt that. Um, Bringing on some, you know, somebody like Pepe and even Willock, who who has had a fair run. I mean, he's been played quite a lot, so I don't think it was necessarily. Um, I think it was more an indication of how, um, how when we hit top gear, we're a team that can beat any team in this league. Okay, but we haven't been even coming close to hitting top gear. So when two players came on who were subbed, and they've been stuck, you know, playing in a team that has only ever reached like third gear. Um, it was painfully obvious that they were so far behind the pace, even Willett. I mean, I, I thought Joe had a, you know, apart from one move maybe, um, where he set up um, Saka, um, I think even Joe was, he kind of looked, he looked sleepy. Pepe just was completely off the pace. Like he didn't attack, he didn't press, he didn't, he didn't make himself available, he just hovered. And that's kind of been a frustration all season, you know, with the Williams and 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 the Pepe's and, and those kind of players that just seem to just be present, but not really offer anything, you know? And I think that contrast was plain to see. And I'm sure the coaching staff, when they look back at this game, they're going to see that, that there was an energy level that, that was above and beyond what, what our players were used to. And when they came on, you saw they just went up to speed. That was yeah, just... Mike, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, you, um, how would you have, how do you um, rate Chelsea today do you think they were they, they were playing at their normal okay. strength as they they have been or or do you think they um, and now i'm half answering the question on your behalf sorry let me ask it again mike 
How do you think Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that you can tell that Olaf was used to be on the radio, you know, like you know, dictating the airspace, you know, rhetorical questions being answered by him himself and stuff. It's like there's nothing worse than a bloody interviewer answering the fucking question on my phone. You went in a pub, Olaf. You were just on the radio. Oh god, Olaf. How did you rate Chelsea today? Yeah, I thought that they were just too slow in their play. They were very much like Arsenal being this season. They were given a, a lot of the ball. We've been given the ball a lot uh, this season, just allowed to play and then be counted on. And they were way too slow and they didn't use their assets. I think it became quite clear when Arsenal got deeper and deeper in the second half that Giroud was perfect. This game. And of course, Abraham got his one-touch goal. But Giroud, the, the big threat for Chelsea ended up being corners. They had lots of them. And, and balls out wide being crossed in. And both of those were to Giroud's. Um, he's might be the best in the world, Olaf, at yep. one finishing. He's right up there, isn't he? And so I think that the coach has blown it there. And I think he also needed to find a way to use his assets better. I mean, Pulisic was a non-factor. He either needed to pull him. Uh, same with uh, Werner. Their pace was a non-factor. There were ways that they could have adjusted uh, their players and their movement off the ball to change that, and, and they didn't. Um, but I, I, let me just give Gav an opportunity. Gav, who are your heroes tonight? To be honest with you, I mean, what, what I thought was really, really refreshing tonight uh, was both of our fullbacks. I thought both of our fullbacks had a cracking game. They were both, when they, when they had the opportunity to run with the ball and to get forwards, they were doing it. And when they got an opportunity to overlap, they were doing it. Kian Tierney, to me, was man of the match uh, for me. I just thought he put an absolute Tremendous shifting. Uh, he won us the penalty, which, like I say, I don't think anybody's going to say that wasn't a penalty because you know if you if you if Everybody you don't, you said it, Gav. Every single if, yeah. Any, anybody anybody who's anybody who's saying that a player who skins his man gets into the box in front of him, gets an arm and then you know a touch from behind, that's a penalty. Do you know I mean that's a penalty? That that is a free kick anywhere on the pitch. That is a free kick. So if it's a free kick anywhere on the pitch, it's a penalty. So let's just nail that one down, right? But you're just just tearing in better in today. I thought, like I say, as much as you know, the attacking unit was pushing as a unit together, and they were all pushing at the same time and pressing at the same time. It was just nice the fact that Tierney and Bellerin were getting up. They were getting up and they were pushing Chelsea back and it was stopping Chelsea playing. That's the thing. It it almost, it almost just sort of gave Chelsea the only chance but to play through the middle. And when we've got, you know, Holding, Mari, and then we've got these two midfielders sitting in front of them, it just completely blocked Chelsea up. So it it, it was just it was just a perfectly well executed performance. In the FA Cup, right, Gav? It was a disruptive game. I think Arteta knows, has got Frank Lampard's number because yeah. I think, you know, Lampard kind of relies on this, you know, this, this huge depth of talent and expensive players that he's got on the pitch. But if you get people that just can disrupt that kind of predictable game plan of we're going to get it to this guy and then the tall guy and, you know, like, you know, I just feel like that, that Arsenal at the moment, because we don't have those players, they're going to, going to dominate in any particular realm on the pitch. 
we've got to all play in a situation that maybe takes away the ability of other other teams. Yeah, no, of, of course. But I mean, but, but I mean, I'm I'm not ha- I'm not having it. Look, we look, we sat back and hit them on the break, or, or we didn't want to take full possession because we did. We was no, playing completely. Like, we was really, playing. We was playing completely to our strengths. We wasn't. You know, it wasn't like the FA Cup final where. Basically, we're just trying to block them up, and yeah, you know, we wasn't showing any ambition, and we wasn't breaking in numbers. We was breaking in huge numbers tonight. I haven't seen us breaking that many numbers all bloody season. So it, I don't think it, it wasn't just a case of the block them up or to stop them. We done them both. We 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 just completely played to our strengths throughout the whole of the pitch. Yeah, Gareth, that's a very good point, and you're right. We were. We were effective both ways today, and that has not happened in a long time. And so my my pick for heroes, I'm going to go to what Olaf said earlier. His first comment was on Lacazette, um, and there was such a stark contrast. Normally, when the ball comes up to Lacazette, you know he's in a physical fight because he marks himself most of the time. But he was laying it off one touch. He was even pinging balls around the corner. He did that for Saka. But anyway, we we needed an outlet all season, and we've needed our midfield to play quicker under pressure. That happened. Lacazette was the outlet and he was a, a physical presence and laying the ball off. And so that, that attacking efficiency has to have a common denominator. And to me, the common denominator was your pivot uh, was actually effective. I'm going to move on here. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to answer two questions here as a package. So we'll go to Olaf here. So let's move forward. That, we've got our first win. He can relax a little bit. Um, so what are you doing if you're him these next... I'm losing track of how many games we've got in the next, let's say three games, I think it is, in this short period. What are you doing as far as players staying on the bench, players staying out of the squad, players staying in? So what are you doing in that regard? And then also moving to January, Olaf, who are you trying to sell and who are you trying to bring in or at least positionally? So just you as the coach, what are you doing moving forward? Gee whiz, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's quite a, a, a heavy question. Um <laughs> <laughs> Especially um, after the beers you've drunk tonight. Do the first half. Then. Yeah. Um, let's. Uh, I, the the logic is that he's, he we've got a lot of games coming up now and critical ones as well. We do not want to lose to Brighton and we certainly do not want to lose to West Bromwich Albion with and, and give Sam Allardyce his first victory. So that's that's clear. Um, the problem is though that he's likely to rotate. And if he's going to rotate and hypothetically bring in the William and bring in a David Louise and and one or two others uh, who are part of the old, slightly older way of playing up until today, I, 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 the point made earlier by Paul around the energy that those kind of players don't bring to the pitch would concern me immensely. So I personally would most probably hold it now, this the way that it was. With exactly the same starting lineup and there's probably the same pitch, unless uh, I mean, because Gabriel's going to be out anyway for a while, so I mean that's gone. And I would rather have Mari in currently than than Mustafi. So I would certainly hold uh, those two central as 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 the two central defenders currently. Um, but I would hold it. That would be my first point. But I don't think Mikel's going to do that. And I think that when next the pub happens. Um, the discussion will be around how it is quite different to the way tonight's game was, as an example, because of A and B coming in, for example. Um, 
then what would I do in January? <laughs> well, you, we all know that there, there, there are a lot of oxygen teams currently on the pitch. Um, and, 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 and the club knows that they need to get rid of those as quickly as possible. Um, and to potentially bring in, I think the most critical part for us is seriously somebody that connects the midfield to the attacking line. I think that that's got a lot to do with Aubameyang's uh, non-success rate uh, after he signed the contract. Um, I, I think that that is most probably the critical area. We've got the wing backs running down the sides. We've got the sackers who can play over there um, and, and others. Uh, Maitland-Niles, who should be used more, um, I think, especially on the, on the, on the right-hand side or, or can even switch to the left um, and, and to bring that attacking flair. But a link, if we're not going to play Ozil, then we need a link between the midfield and when party comes back, it's going to be critical because otherwise the Lacazettes, the Martinellis and the um, Aubameyangs are not going to be scoring. So that for me would be if we can, although I highly doubt there's going to be any money available. So I, I'm, I'm just wary that uh, to, to raise my expectation level. Yeah, so moving on to Paul, same question. My, uh, before I do, Paul, I, would, uh, I wanted to counter something that Olaf said as far as keep the same team. To me, in actual fact, Martinelli and Smith Rowe should have bags of energy because they've hardly played. So I suppose you could you could keep those guys involved um, more. Saka's the, Saka's the one that, to our last point, probably needs to be rotated, at least from those youngsters in the front line. But, Paul, you go ahead and tell us your thoughts. Well, um, Saka was arrested, you know, um, in the last the last City in the, in the Cup, right? Um, mm. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like... If I was the coach, which was how you framed the question originally, I would reward the players that played tonight yeah. um, and keep that energy going. Even if party is available or, you know, other players have become available, put them on the bench. Let yeah. these players, you know, express themselves, get to... Because the thing that, that, that I liked about this was all the things we've talked about on this, on this podcast all, like, the whole, the whole season, is that suddenly the channels were being used... You know that you know we had Bellerin, Tierney, and Saka. We had three players contributing to crosses. We had we had players running the inside channels. We had players running the outside channels. There was just so much more. Like um, we had so many more kind of prongs to our attack than the regular kind of you know pendulum kind of let's hope for the you know for the lucky lucky break. I feel like this was a was more balanced between midfield and attack. I feel that there were there was a lot of overlapping and there were a lot you know there were courageous passes, there were runs being made that were being rewarded. So I would go with the same team. I, I would. I'd reward them. Yeah. Um, your next question about, you know, um, transfer window stuff, I'm not your guy on, okay. when it comes to that. It's, you know, there's so many, there's so many options. I mean, you know, um, we've got a lot of talent. Tonight made it clear for me, invest in the talent that we have instead of, you know, outlaying you know huge sums of money to get somebody in who's not tried not tested may not fit you know um we've got people that have been at the in the club and the academy and you know young players that we've spent a lot of money developing why not give them a fucking chance you know what i mean yeah, that's yeah. that's my point in the transfer Damn window spending the money yeah Damn Sorry, Damn Damn Sorry, paul to your old, the older players it becomes a you see you sitting on the bench because look Look at the young guys out there putting in the energy, they're putting in the press or they're doing the press, doing all of the things that are required for us to control and dominate a game. 
You guys aren't, and that's why you're on the bench. It, yeah. it may actually have a, an, uh, an, an additional benefit by either being a wake-up call or it's a bye-bye, front door, thanks very much, we're done, as an example. Well said. Gav, what do you think, man? Yeah, no, I'm, see, I'm, I was thinking this because it was 3-0 when he brought Martinelli and uh, Smith-Rowe off. And I can't think that they were blowing much more than anybody else. I don't, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously Arteta's got the, the stats on his laptop sitting next to him. So he might have realised how many sprints they're putting in in the last five, ten minutes. He, he might have seen their, their fitness dropping off. But I was thinking to myself, we're 3-0 up. We're going to win the game. Is he is he taking him off to give him a rest? Do you know what I mean? Is he taking him off for the Brighton game? So yeah. I was quite a, a little bit encouraged with that. Um, me yeah, me I mean, too. I mean, like I say, I mean, hopefully, I mean, a bang yang on the bench basically means a bang yang had 20 minutes tops in him if we was desperate. So that's why he didn't come on because he, it wasn't desperate. So, <clears throat> again, it's a good thing for a bang yang's rehabilitation that he didn't actually have to go out and run about in the cold and weather for 200 grand a week. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's, I would literally start the exact same thing the next game. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't change a thing. But if a Bangian's fit, we've got, we've, we've got great options. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we could have Martinelli for 60 minutes and then ping a Bangian down the left for the last 30. Lacazette, two goals in two games up front. He's confident. He's actually looking the best he's looked for a while, Lacazette. Yeah, well keep him down, Keep him down the middle. With, but, yeah, so, I mean, like I say, yeah. I, I would potentially, like I say, next game, just start the same team. He's you know I mean? the one that would lose out there, Gav, if, if Aubameyang comes fit. I think I could see um, Lacazette being dropped. And, uh, you know, I, I get like all the time for being a Lacazette supporter, but... Um, I think it was plain today what you know what he brings to the team and the energy and when he's brought into the game by the kind of youngsters that, that match his energy. I, I just thought he had a really really amazing game. I thought when he, he came, yeah, off. I, I thought I thought like I said was brilliant today. He, he he's got to be he, he needs it's almost like he needs to be infused and like I say, I mean he was one of the leaders on the pitch today as well, and he was yeah. sort of like right, you know, you are the senior man going forwards when you press. I mean, who knows? I'd say, I might have said to everybody, when Lacazette presses, you press. You yeah. might have actually given him that responsibility. Who and knows? That actually would be a great tactic, you know. Do you know what I mean? So, it, it, you know, like I say, I'm not a fan of a Bangyang down the middle. I think he's he's much better off on the left. So, he's given us options. And Martinelli coming back, Martinelli coming back on fire. Uh, I mean, he's his bicycle kick. Uh, very unlucky. Yeah, very close. He, had, he, he had he had another shot which was going in the bottom corner and it got a, a slight dink that, that took it towards the keeper. And I mean, if we go back to the actual game today, we could have got five or six goals today. We hit the, we hit the post, we hit the bar, didn't we as well? Do you know what I mean, we could have quite easily got five or six goals tonight. And when was the last time we said that or thought that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. I would say, so, oh, go ahead, Gav, go ahead. No, 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 go, go on, Mike. I've said my bit, go on. Yeah, well, just to add to you boys, um, I think that I noticed halfway through the second half that um, to some, a, a, a point that I've not felt for a while 
you know, when you've got a Bamiang on the field, he wasn't on the field tonight, I feel like that they can double team him, whether he's on the left or in the centre, because we don't, our other players, our other options, let's say Pepe and Willian, for the sake of argument, the, the opponent isn't as concerned about them. But if you've got Saka, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, uh, Bamiang, three of four of those guys, that's four threats that you have there. But yeah, so four threats there. And I noticed in the first half, Kante was very close to Smith Rowe, which was a compliment to a guy playing his, starting his first Premier League game. But Conte knew that that guy was the connector, as Olaf said, which is what he was trying to do tonight. So that took him out of the game, took Conte out of the game. So some of the other guys were a little more free to do their thing. Um, I'll move on to the transfer window. I have way too many opinions about this. It's one of my favourite topics. And I That's why I deflected it. <laughs> yeah, yeah go on. Well, 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 shut, well shut for five minutes, Mike. Hold on. Let, let me right. just grab another beer, mate. <laughs> well, I'll try to keep it brief, but I'm, I've written a couple of pieces recently on creative midfielders and strikers, options. So I spent oh, a good month researching all of this. So I've got four players for you guys just to consider on, think about, or go have a look at because they're all very, very good and they're perfect for Arsenal. Um, so one is a, uh, a hybrid player, which I know Mikel Oteta would love, who's played. He started at striker. He's now on the right wing, but... Depending on formation, he plays right wing back as well. And his name is, is, is a mouthful. His name is Silas Wamangatuka. And he plays wow. he plays for Stuttgart. And it could be fucking Smith, could it? No. It could be Smith not, or Jones or Brown or someone, could it? Well, we'll give him uh, that. Am I, I going to fucking pronounce that if we fucking sign him, right? You call him Silas. <laughs> I mean, we've got a bungie and, and all sorts of yeah. things coming from Gavin. How are we going to get a one for Suka? Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, if you call it a stylus, and, and so that's what you do, but he's a modern day hybrid, powerful player. He almost looks like Yaya Toure on the wing, um, even though Yaya Toure never played on the wing. But anyway, he's that, he's that physical type. Uh, he's a frightening um, prospect, and uh, he plays for Stuttgart. So I'm thinking of players that Arsenal could realistically buy and that would realistically how much would he cost he well i would imagine he's going to cost around about uh 20 million mark um and will he be better than like um what we have like a balagan or aziz Who, whose place is he going to block well Who, for me, okay for me you could play him either on the right wing uh, i think is where he plays predominantly for stuttgart right now or to me, I, I'm, I'm desperately trying to find a Hector Bellerin replacement because I'm not a fan. Can we trade Pepe for him? Yeah. Well, Pepe's yeah. going to go to... I have a plan, though. Here's my plan. Stuttgart have got one of our players. Uh. So to me, and he's starting, from, he's starting for Stuttgart every week now. So to me, you throw him into the deal and maybe you only spend about 10 million. So this <laughs> is what Arsenal can afford. Here's another player. Uh, we're going to see him on Tuesday, I think it is, uh, when we play Brighton. Uh, which is Eve Basuma, their defensive midfielder, the athletic guy from the Congo. Uh, fabulous, perfect partner for Thomas Party. Um, and then to fix um, to fix our connection problem, um, I've got two players. Uh, Buendia, I think everyone's familiar with, with Emmy Buendia at Norwich, who has uh, mm. some of the stats, even last year playing in the Premier League for the worst team. Uh, he is uh, a dynamo, and he would be my first choice um, as this connector. Um, I think he'd be perfect. And these are players we can all afford. And then here's a name of somebody you need to go YouTube because he's going to be um, a big deal one day. His name is Michael Elise and he plays for Reading. 
and he statistically has some of the best uh, goals and assists and stats in the Premier League right now, in the Championship, I'm sorry. And um, he is a fabulous player. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Who did let the dogs out is the problem right now. Let's finish up here now with some predictions because we're excited. We're just, we're just, starting, to, we're just starting to warm up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go to Gav. Gav, we play Brighton on um, on Tuesday. A bit more confidence. What are you thinking? Uh, to be fair, Brighton away isn't exactly a happy hunting ground for us over the years. If you look at the if you look at the uh, the times yeah. we've played there and the times we haven't actually uh, walked away with anything, it's uh, it's a bit shocking, really. But if we if we if he starts how he starts today, then like I say, hopefully we'll get another free one out of it. Okay. Okay. All right, Paul. Um, yeah, the stats aren't great. I think the last time we beat them in the top division on their turf was 1981. <laughs> so um, we've beaten them in, the, in a couple of the cup games since then. And obviously they haven't been in the top division as long as we have. I don't know, to be honest, but um, I don't mean to boast or anything. But um, I think... Uh, you know, stats are there to, to get crushed, and um, I think we can. I think we can beat them. I'm going to go with um with Danny, the GFP there from Bergkamp Wonderland. He says um, Brighton won three Arsenal. I think I'm going to go with you there, Danny. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Um, if we start with the urgency like we started today, and again, if you look at the previous games, we'd never started with that urgency. We almost sit back and 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 let people pressurize us. But if we do that and be on the front foot against Brighton, um, then I'm 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 confident that we can most probably uh, sneak a win. But I uh, I wouldn't maybe go with three one. I would I think maybe that it would be a goal in it. And speaking of which, I just wanted to make one last point. Sure. Uh, the which was that I think Leno deserves a bit of credit saving Jorginho's uh, oh. penalty. Brilliant. With, five, oh, with five minutes left to go, with five minutes of extra time, that could have ended up a draw with us capitulating in the last ten minutes. Which I'm talking about the five minutes plus the extra five. Yeah, oh, um, that, that, that was that was squeaky bum time. That would have been proper squeaky bum time. Leading up till then, I mean, they'd had so many good chances. I mean, you'd think that Thiago Silva's head was made of Lego or something because he missed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he missed that header. I mean. <laughs> He almost did, goal of did, 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 anyone, did anyone think, right, when Lampard made his last substitution and it wasn't Giroud, it was almost like I felt like he'd almost given up. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I was sort of like... Has he not read the script? It was sort of like, what, 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 you know, it, it was shocking enough he didn't play Giroud anyway. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's the story tell, isn't it? Your it's boy, you just, I mean, it's like... You know, you yeah. start with Giroud, it's like a monkey on your back. Yeah, you like a Zet and went like this, like he did after his penalty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. what's your yeah. What's yours, Mike? Yeah, well, I'm going to go 2-1 the Arsenal. Yeah, we. Um, I don't think it's going to be easy. It never is. And they're not just because we don't have a good record down there. I don't think it's going to be easy, but they're a good team. I, I, of all the teams in the league, I think, uh, alongside us, they're the one that actually I think have been underperforming based on how good they are. They are. I've watched quite yeah, a few of them. Yeah. That's a good team. Um, I, I think they lack up front. But um, so I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. Uh, first time I've actually 
thought that we would win a game in months. So what I'm going to do now, celebration, we have snow in Tennessee, eight inches, so I'm going sledging because I have a hill outside. <laughs> so I'm going sledging. What are you guys going to do to celebrate? Paul, what are you celebrating with? I'm going to have another bucket of um, gin. Um, okay. I might, in fact, I might get rid of my goldfish from the goldfish bowl and drink out of that. But I just wanted to, sorry, I'm the guy who's been doing the comments and trying to keep up because, you know, we've had a lot of tonight. And I just wanted to thank everybody that, that you know, took, you know, um, kind of joined in on, on Twitter and, and Facebook and, um, and on YouTube. I appreciate your comments. I tried to get to all of them. Um, some of them are really funny. Um, we just, you know, the conversation was flowing tonight, so we didn't really um, give you like a shout out. But thank you so much for joining us and, yeah. and celebrating this this much needed win. This one's for you. Have a drink for yourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Olaf, how are you going to celebrate? Uh, I'm going to have another Tanqueray with tonic. And then because it's summer over here, we don't have snow. It's like uh, 25 degrees outside. I think I'll run around naked for about half And frighten the women, whoever I pass along the way, you know. So yeah. Well, as long as you ain't got eight inches like Mike, the women will be fine, I'm sure. Hey! Uh, hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, you, know, you can't help it, can you? Uh, well, no, I mean, not say we've just—it's it, been a weird—it was a weird Christmas day because I'm normally at my mum's Christmas day, so Christmas day instead of like we do the presents with the kids and then bath, showers, washed around to my mum's and my mum moans at me after last year. My mum moaned at me for drinking too much. I had three cans of beer all day, and I'm like, you carry on like this, mum. You ain't gonna. I mean. But it's uh, no, it's uh, it's a good. It was a good sort of. It's almost good and bad yesterday having dinner indoors in the flat, and I cooked. I cooked. Uh, my mum, my mum, yeah, my mum, my mum gave me a turkey, so I I cooked for us four here, and I cooked for my mum, my mum's husband, and my grandma, and then my mum come and picked it up and they at my grandma's because they're in their little support bubble there. But it, it was kind of nice to sit indoors getting pissed by one o'clock and not being told off by your mum. Do you know what I mean? I'm 48. <laughs> I'm getting told off by my mum for drinking. Uh, so, yeah, no, just just lots more beer. It, it's like to say, it's been it's been a shocking time for everybody. It's been a hard yeah, time for yeah, everybody. Like to say, you know, I, I know I haven't really sort of spoke about with you guys about what's going on with the COVID and restrictions in your countries and all that. But it's been a very, very tough time for people in... Uh, in England, uh, you know, a lot of people have lost people that are close to them. A lot of people haven't been able to see people that are close to them. And just Arsenal winning is such a big thing for the Arsenal side of people in England and in the UK. It, I mean, it, it puts a bit of a smile back on our face. And it means we're not just sitting in front of the TV thinking, oh, God, we're going to lose again. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, yeah. Hopefully, it's going to be such a big morale booster. And all those that have been on Twitter and Facebook, there was a couple of Muppets today even suggesting they wanted Arsenal to lose. Oh, uh, and like I say, I mean, yeah, we don't need people like that. Do you know what I mean? Go and, su go and support Luton, go and support Tottenham or whoever you were supporting before. But it's, like I say, it's, su it's such a big morale booster for Arsenal to sort of get a win 
We can all have a smile on our faces. We can all have a few more drinks for the uh, the rest of the day. We've got Sunday and a bank holiday Monday, so we've got another two days of boozing in front of us. Lots of Do food, <laughs> lots of phoning, lots of phoning up your mates. Do you know what I mean, I mentioned this in my mail shot uh, to those people that are on the mail shot in the shop. You know, give your mates a call. Do you know what I mean? Even your mates, you sit there and talk bollocks to on bloody WhatsApp all day long. Give them a call. Have 10 minutes with them and have a chat. Have a giggle. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it's all good. It's all positive. And hopefully we can get another couple of wins and go into New Year and start pushing up the table, boys. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I reckon. Fuck you, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Damn right. Last laugh. <laughs> Final word then. Final word is Boxing Day 2020. Hope has returned. So, Thank you to everybody for uh, watching, listening, participating. Thank you to you guys on the panel. And, uh, Cheers, roll Mike. Cheers, roll Paul, on. Cheers, uh, roll on. Up the Arsenal. Yeah, up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Hey. Hey. Uh, post a picture of you in the snow later on Twitter, okay? Okay. Not to the eight inches. <laughs> eight inches just, just, just like a regular. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no putting your <laughs> eight inches on tomorrow, left. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you and what a great win. Appreciate it. Uh, Thank you guys. Thanks. And uh, one. Uh,